Well, I'm glad that you're here this morning. It's a, a special Sunday for us. Once in a while, we'll have somebody join us as our special guest speaker. And this morning, we've got uh, a man who's been a good, good friend to me for a, a long time. We've, we've. Uh, how long have you been in Alaska, Jimmy? So we've been friends for 17 years because we pretty much met about the day after you got here. Um, Taco King. I think it was Taco King. Um, and uh, we have done a lot of ministry together. Uh, student ministry and evangelism ministry and state ministry. And uh, it's been an exciting, exciting time. Um, he will tell you his story. Uh, here as he shares with us this morning. Um, I got the news about the events that unfolded in his life about 10 minutes before church started on a Sunday morning. Uh, the, the phone call came in and it, it shook me. Um, I went out those back doors and as I walked out, one of our former uh, elders, Teresa Hofstetter, was walking in. They were in visiting and as I walked out the door, she just looked at me and she said, what is wrong with you? And I just began to weep and pray for my brother because I love him. And I was, uh, I was frightened. I was heartbroken for the events that had unfolded. And, uh, and I joined with th literally thousands, tens of thousands of people around the world who prayed uh, for our friend uh, and many, many who prayed for a man they did not know, but uh, they knew through the rest of us. And, uh, and I'm excited that he's here today to tell us how that journey turned out because it is nothing less than a miracle. And so I want you to welcome this morning my very dear friend, Jimmy Stewart, to speak with us this morning. Oh, boy. Thank you, brother. Man, I got me crying over there. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. Thank you. Well, good morning. It is a privilege to be with you, and it's a privilege any time to share what God has done in my life through this. And many of you probably knew me before this event, and uh, there's been some changes in, in my life. There's a new normal in my life. And what I want to share with you this morning is some uh, pictures uh, as we go through this. I thought that would help illustrate it a little better to see all that God has done and where he has brought me in my life. And I just praise him. Thank you, Tracy, for those kind words I just told him. I said, man, when he started talking about prayer and, and praying for me, uh, it, I just almost started crying. I just thought, my goodness, it, it is amazing to me to know how many people prayed. And so let me start off with a couple of slides here, and let me just get into our story. And this is a story of my wife and I, and, uh, and, and the whole family of God. It's not just about us. So I think we have some slides that are going to come up, and I'm looking back here. I didn't know if they were there or not. Um, we're getting them going there? Okay, all right. Well, first of all, um, if you knew me before, you knew I was the original. And now I'm, now I'm crispy. <laughs> I hope you'll laugh with me this morning because there's so much joy and so much to laugh about in this process and all that God has done. And so um, I'm, I'm going to move on here. I want to read as they're getting these slides going. Is, is, 
Is there a slide? Oh, there it is. Okay, I thought it was going to show back there too. Okay, so there's the original. And if you go to the next slide, um, I just wanted to say this about where we are and where we live. You guys know we live in the greatest state in the nation. Come on. It is a gorgeous place to live, and I'm a blessed man. And I'm a blessed man like Tracy talked about. I get to do so much in my life. And I am so privileged to be able to go all over this state and to be able to work with people like Tracy and other pastors and other congregations. And what a privilege. And that's what my life was all about. Let me go to this next slide. Of course, I'm married to the most wonderful gal in the world. And we, we are celebrating 32 years of marriage going on 33. Amen. This is a shameless plug, but uh, <laughs> my, uh, my, I've got three kids, and my middle son is in a group you may have heard of called uh, Building 429, and uh, they're going to be here February 8th in concert. I want you to be there. I hope you all will come out for that. And uh, God has really blessed us in our marriage and with three beautiful kids. Go to the next slide. We've shared... Tracy and I have shared in a lot of things, and one of the things we've shared in is music, and that was a big part of my life, and so it's also still a big prayer concern of mine, uh, because I hope to be able to get back to music in, in a restored fashion, that's always been my prayer, and always been my prayer to get back to everything that I've always done, but... Um, it is not happening yet, so, but that was me, go ahead, next slide. Um, I want to share with you also that uh, a big part of my life has always been athletics, and I love working out. I love being able to uh, go and, and get in the gym and sweat and do all that kind of stuff. And um, this weekend, actually, I was in a uh, racquetball tournament. Praise God. Come on. I was able to get back and, and be able to do that. But this is a picture that was taken one week before my accident. I was down in L.A. My wife, who's a personal trainer over at the South Alaska Club, uh, she goes for continued education credits. And, um, um, and so we were at a conference where she was doing that, and I was there to play. And if you've ever heard of a guy named Tony Horton, anybody ever heard that name? Okay, P90X and all that. Go this next slide. There he is. Come on. All right. Now, I want you to know something about this picture. I want you to notice my little muscles and his big muscles, okay? He is a workout king, and uh, that was, I just spent two hours in a big conference room and with about 200 other people doing a, a, a new workout uh, video thing that he was introducing called Hardcore, and uh, it was great. And so I was actually... July 23rd, probably in the best shape of my life that I've been in a long time. At 58 years of age, I was really kicking it. By the way, he's, he was 58 then also. Can you believe that? That guy's in shape. And so it just tells you the kind of body that God has given us, and he's blessed with us, and we can do things for a long time. But I want to share with you uh, what happened in my life. Now, go to the next slide if you would. Now, you guys know how important kids are, amen? 
They're wonderful. And us Alaskans, one of the things that we experience is that kids can grow up and then move away. <laughs> Come on. They leave us. Uh, I've got one in Atlanta, one in Mobile, Alabama, and one in China and with our spouses now. And so they left us. But this was a joyous moment in our life because all of our kids were together uh, again. And we were having a family vacation. My wife and I had just come back from L.A. from this trip. They had come on Monday night, and we were spending the week just doing fun activities. Now go to the next uh, slide. And this is about a little cabin in the woods that we have up near Talkeetna. And um, at this point, let me just share with you. July 23rd, 2016 changed my life. It was an impactful moment that will leave me as a different man, will leave me as a more grateful man will leave me as a man who understands the power of prayer when it's poured out on your life. July 23rd was an incredible moment where I was with my family. We were up at the cabin, and uh, we had um, uh, been enjoying some uh, things and doing some things. I Go to the next slide. This was about two hours before the event. And we'd gone back into the cabin, and we'd realized that there was something going on with our propane system. We had plumbed it with um, copper tubing all throughout, so we had propane lights, and we had a propane stove, and uh, the lights started flickering, and that shouldn't have happened. The little propane tank that we bring in should not be running out of propane just after a, a few days like that, and so... I decided to go down to the crawl space. Now, you guys think crawl space. You think, you know, hands and knees. Well, this thing is, uh, was built on a, we did the Polartec uh, cement poured crawl space. So it's four, basically almost four and a half feet tall. And then if you get your head between the girders there downstairs, man, I can stand up. <laughs> I'm a short guy, amen? <laughs> and so I, I go down the little ladder into the hatch, and I'm trying to figure out what's going on on and and I have this cell phone with me this is the one in the actual case and I'm using it for a flashlight here's a PSA a public service announcement now you know that when you're at the gas station and you get out of the car that so many of us want to be on our phone getting the gas right that's a no-no who knew, and if you talk to oil company workers, they'll tell you, phones are not allowed in any of those construction sites and those uh, units that they have because this is an ignition source. And a few years ago, I remember seeing it on the news, and I realized that, but I didn't think about it this day as I went down to investigate what was going on with the propane. What I did not know and what I found out from people who work with propane, because this was a um, 
20 by 30 cement poured concrete basement. There wasn't any ventilation. Propane sinks. When you have a propane uh, monitor, you are looking at it. Usually they have it on the floor because propane sinks down to the floor. And I didn't realize that all that propane had just sunk down into this bowl of a, uh, of a crawl space. They had nowhere to go. So as I'm walking the 30 feet from the hatch down to the other end where the propane line came in, I am literally being washed and wrapped and just covered in propane that's hanging in the air. And when I got down there and had my flashlight, that's when it occurred. I literally saw a flame. And I guess my arms went up because both my hands got so burned. But it caused an explosion. Literally blew me up and set me back down on the ground. My glasses went back and hit the back wall. My cell phone, I don't even know where that went. Someone picked it up and uh, the fire department that came in a little bit later picked it up and gave it to my son. One man who went up to help us restore the cabin, he says, Jimmy, I could see where the visqueen as a vapor barrier had been laid on the ground. It had had literally just um, Vanished. It had just been, you know, uh, burned away. He said, I could see where your feet were, and then I could see where you landed. It blew, and it was just like one big um, combustion, like you see, uh, like if you're at a, you know, you have a gasoline fire, you throw a match on it, it just goes, boof. My son said it was like, um, like if you were in outer space and you open up a hatch and you hear, you know, how they describe and they show that it was just like this rushing wind and everything. He said it was like, Dad, it was just like this rushing wind and this noise and it was loud. What I didn't know is that it went off and it blew. My shirt was just, um, just, uh, I forget the word I'm trying to use here, but uh, I'm sorry? It was melted. It was just vaporized. That's why it was vaporized into my skin. The doctor said, where's all this blue in his skin? The only thing I had left was my collar. The pants I had on, and praise God, I had pants. It did protect me some, but they were just just basically shredded and tore up and just uh, melted off for the most part. I had shoes and socks. And I had underwear, thank God. (laughs) And that little bit of extra layer is what kept me from being 100% burned. And I didn't know it, but when I got up, I looked at myself, and I could see skin hanging off. I could see visqueen and everything melted into my skin. And I looked at myself, and I said, I just ruined our vacation. <laughs> and and uh, I, I remember that months later, if I, as, as stuff started coming back to me, I did. I actually said, doggone, I ruined our vacation. I have a tendency to hurt myself, if you guys know this. Tracy, you remember in 203, I cut off a finger with an accident? And I have a tendency to do that. Most people don't like me working around power tools and things like that. And so, <laughs> And if you don't really know what you're doing, you're not skilled at things, don't do it. But I got up, because I was in such good shape, I got up and I ran to the hatch and I started yelling, anybody hurt? 
And my son ran in, and he goes, no, Dad, where are you? And he helped me up out of the crawl space, and I walked outside. I was able to walk outside, and I actually jumped down off the little front porch, and they said, hey, come over here and sit on this trailer that was back there. And I sat down, and they had started calling 911, and I'm going to talk about miracles. Go to the next slide, though. Let me show you a couple of things. That's the backside of the cabin. Those are 8-inch D-logs that are screwed together with 13-inch big old timber lock screws, and they form the first foundation, the first 8 feet, and they, on one section on the back corner, they just peeled out. The front windows of the cabin just blew out and sat down on the front porch. Screens in the uh, loft went 35 feet out into the air, and I mean out into the yard. And thank goodness that I would opened up the windows to air out because it was hot, the cabin, because the fire department people told my son, they said, if you had not have opened up those, it could have imploded the cabin and killed everybody. My wife said, Jimmy, you're my hero because if you had not gone and discovered the leak and set the flame off, it could have happened a little bit later when everybody was sitting around the wood stove and it could have killed us all. She said, well, you saved our family. And fathers, you know as well as I do, will gladly would take the pain and the suffering to save our children. Amen. We don't want anybody to experience that. You can see the cabin there, how the logs peeled out. Go to the next slide. You can see from the inside. And uh, go to the next slide. This is what they found that happened on Saturday, Saturday night, about 10 o'clock. And this is, what ha- this is what they found at uh, Monday morning when they saw me in the hospital. I was wrapped head to toe. I was 77% third-degree burns. And the doctors told my wife, we're just going to take it one day at a time. We don't know. Now, let me talk about God's working and God's miracle. Look at, I want you to hear before I say anything else. This story is about the family I have, about not only my family that I have here, uh, uh, immediate family, but the family of God. Just as you heard Tracy talk about how, um, how he had gotten the word that next morning, and people started praying. Well, I didn't know, and I got text messages on this phone from people on the East Coast who had gotten the word. It got out on, uh, at midnight. That night, people heard about it. People started getting phone calls, and it went out, and people started praying. Here's the first miracle that happened is that this is kind of a remote cabin. We don't get cell phone signals really well. And the people, when they called 911, my my son and and, uh, the friends that were with us, they immediately got a signal. Praise God. Amen. And it went through, and they called the fire department up in Talkeetna. Now, Talkeetna is a big area, volunteer fire department. Anybody who works in EMT uh, understands if you're a volunteer, you get called, you got to go in. Well, it could be maybe an hour before they got there. They called back in 10 minutes and said, we're out here at the highway. Can you come out and meet us? 10 minutes, folks. And uh, I got into a truck. 
And I went out to the highway and met the ambulance. And we pulled up. And, and the gentleman said, Mr. Stewart, he looked at me and he goes, Mr. Stewart, we're going to put you out. And I said, amen, put me out. <laughs> I don't want to feel a thing. <laughs> but i tell you this, Tracy and, and, and uh, Tyler, you guys know this, the pastor mode kicked in. I don't know why, but I felt like we needed to pray about the situation. And I told the EMT guy, I said, uh, hey, I don't, I, can I pray for you before you put me out? And I'm sitting there, and I prayed for my family. I prayed for the EMT workers. I prayed that God would work in this. And then I said, okay, I'm good. <laughs> said amen. I didn't know that God started working that very moment in people's lives. Because we got a letter three weeks later from that EMT guy. said, I've never had anybody in a situation as dire and as terrible as your situation to do anything like that. And to pray for me and my family and the love that you had and the peace that you had. He said, it shook me to the core of my being. Amen. Praise God that he would do something so tragic. I want to read a verse to you. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Now, I want to say this, and I want you to understand this, because I want to uh, also read Psalm 23 here in a second. Um, this was an accident. When it says here, God works in all things, people come to me and they say, okay, God had this plan for you, and I don't believe that. I don't think that's the way God plans it and does it. I believe that accidents happen. Come on, amen? Accidents happen, and then God works through all things for his glory. And that's what was happening in my life and has been happening ever since. God was there with me all through this and was amazing of how he did miracle after miracle. Now listen to Psalm 23. It says, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, the valley of death. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. And you anoint my head with oil, and my cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord. And I know you've heard sermons, but I'm going to tell you how real this came to me. I knew God's presence was with me, even in the midst of everything. Now, let me just go on. If you go to the uh, slide back to there, I want you to understand how incredible God started working. Not only did we get the cell coverage, we got in touch with 911 EMTs. What we found out later is that the EMTs were actually doing a training two minutes from where we were. They were already mobilized. All they had to do was shut the doors of the truck, and they came down. That's why they were there in 10 minutes. God works. Amen? <laughs> and he was working to save my life because I was in desperate need. They drove me two, uh, 22 miles down to Willow, and they met a helicopter. Now, I just found out that some friends of mine know the helicopter pilot, and he said, I've never seen it come together like it did that night, that... 
uh, it's usually a big lag time between when the ambulance meets the helicopter. And, of course, in my case, they realized real quickly, and they called in, they said, this man is burned so bad, and they said, take him to Seattle. And then you have to wait on a plane to come up here. And, uh, and you have a long lag time, and I was in critical, desperate need. My body was swelling, and things were happening, and, and you know, it, it can cause you to die when your body swells because there's absolutely no way that they can, um, uh, that your body can compensate for it, and it will compress your organs and your lungs, and it will even suffocate you. And my body was just going into shock and all those things that got me into the helicopter, what we found out from the helicopter pilot, he says, it was amazing that it happened like this, and I know God's in the midst of this. He goes, we were doing a training right there. We got the call. All we had to do was sit down. Then the ambulance was there. There was no lag time. We met the ambulance as it showed up. We sat down, and then we took off and went to Anchorage. Here's what we found out about the jet. They were already in Anchorage taking a man down to Seattle, but as they lifted off, he expired. And they just turned that jet around, and it landed, and then they got the call I was coming. And there was no lag time. I had this accident happen at 10, 10.30 at night. I get to Seattle at 4.30 in the morning. Praise God. And they were able to save my life and to do things they do. So I, by the way, I want to praise God for nurses and doctors. Any of you here in that um, capacity, and I, and I know Stephanie, I was talking with her a little bit earlier about being a, a nurse. I just praise God for the medical profession, the love and the care and the, the extreme things that they will do for you to help you in a time of crisis and need. I have what they call an escharotomy, and that's one of the things that I deal with now is that they cut your body open. They cut um, your um, skin open so that it can expand. So I have really incredible uh, uh, scars and everything across my chest and down my arms and legs and everything and so you have to work with those because those things contract over time and that's the hardest thing that you deal with uh, on a long-term basis uh, I have to deal with a range of motion issues and things like that but anyway um, you can see here a chart that they had up in my room of everywhere that I was burned all that black is where I was burned and then go to the next slide if you would uh, my wife and my daughter came and my son, and, and they all got to be with me in the hospital. And this is what they worked with. For two months, I was in ICU. And I was in la-la land, folks. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> praise God for that. And uh, they give you uh, drugs where you don't even remember what's going on. And I don't remember a whole lot what, what happened at that point, but I know that they were taking me. I had 13 surgeries those first two months. I had like 14 blood transfusions, and it's amazing what God can do through doctors and nurses. This is me in the hospital, and I want to say this, that in the midst of all this, my kids and my family and my wife, who is the most evangelistic uh, caring, sharing person, and I know uh, she's not here right now because she invited someone to come to church, to our church, and trying to get them to come to church, and, uh, and so I praise God for that, but you can see me laying here in the hospital bed. This is uh, uh, later on, and, uh, and they had already um, 
uh, gotten all the breathing tubes and all that kind of stuff out of me. I'm not, I'm not praising God there. <laughs> Those are just um, um, uh, the, um, uh, braces to keep my arms out because they were trying to let grafts, these full thickness grafts that they have on my body to be able to uh, heal. But if you look on the walls... You'll see pictures, and you'll see, uh, if you can see them also, cards and letters. We got over 900 cards and letters that the body of Christ was sending. Let me just say this. This is a story about the body of Christ, and this is why it's so important to be in a family of God that loves you. People were praying for me. I really, truly believe, and I had someone tell me, one of the guys who works for the executive committee, he's all over the nation, he said, I cannot go any place where I start talking about Alaska and people ask me about Jimmy Stewart. And, and the, he says, everywhere across this nation, people have prayed for you. And when I go back east and I go to conferences or anything like that, people always walk up to me and they say, you have been the object of my prayer. Someone said that to me this morning. I've been praying you for you the, the whole time. Guys, let me just say this. Prayer works. Amen? Amen. God is powerful. God is miraculous through those prayers, and he works in our lives. And when someone says, sends out a notice, you know, pray for this, it's increased my prayer life because I am always praying for folks that I get notices for because I want to lift them up like people lifted me up. Go to the next slide if you would. So these cards and letters, our room became like a sanctuary where God's presence was felt, even by nurses and doctors. And my family maintained that. They sang over me. They kept worship music going over me. 24 hours a day, they would, they would sing and they would pray. They would play these songs that I love so much, and now I hate them. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> But they would, and they run in my mind, and, and I would listen to them, and oh my goodness. Anyway, uh, I was like, can't you get another tape or something? <laughs> but, uh, but these cards and letters, nurses and doctors and people come in, and nurses who are from, from different lands and uh, uh, CNAs and all these people that were working there, they'd look at these cards and they'd say, oh, those are beautiful poems. And my wife would say, no, that's the Word of God. That's the Word of God. And they'd say, it's different in this room. There wasn't anguish. There wasn't screaming and yelling. And you got that in a lot of rooms where people were hurting. And, and my wife would say, you're feeling the presence of the Holy Spirit in here. Praise God. <laughs> we got to testify and we got to glorify God in the midst of this. Now, go ahead. My, my son's praying and, and playing over me and everything. Go ahead, next slide. My daughter... These are just some of the pictures of what I look like, and look at me now. All right, go ahead. Uh, some of you know Doug Briney. I think he's going to be here sometime soon, and he's going to be doing a concert over at Sunset Hills. I think you guys know who he is. He's been a pastor and a musician here. He's the guy who helped me build the cabin, and I remember him saying to me after I saw this picture, and by the way, those first two months, I don't remember hardly anything and so I didn't even remember he came and so when I saw this picture I told my wife I said Doug came he goes oh yeah Doug flew all the way out there and he said I came Jimmy because I came to say goodbye 
In those first two months, they had no idea if I would live. But my body started healing. Go ahead. Next slide. Oh, I thought I had another one. But anyway, uh, I stay on that slide, and I'm going to talk about this in just a second. Um, my body started healing, and my skin was healing, and those prayers were working. Doctors were going, this is amazing. We can't understand it. Even today when I go into doctor's offices, they look at me, and they go, you are a miracle. They look at my chart, and they look at me. They look at my chart, and they look at me. And, and I mean, it's, it's just consistent. They look at me, and they go, you're a miracle, and I get to testify about God now. I, yesterday, I'm walking out of the Alaska Club. I had a tournament with these guys. By the way, you see this group? They did a tournament for me. I know that you guys are wanting to impact people in Alaska. And this is a group I've been with for, at this point, 15 years. Go to the next slide, if you would. Um, and I've been working with them God got a hold of them. There's a number of Christians that are in this group, and they told me, they said, that next week when we normally get together on Saturday mornings, instead of playing for a while, we got together on a court and we had a prayer time for you. They were praying for me, and they were impacting the lives of lost people. They, were, they said, you should have seen Christer was in there praying for you. Christer's never prayed in his life, <laughs> and he's in there praying for me, praise God. They threw a tournament for me to help raise funds for my medical bills that, you know, go on and on and on. And, um, and so they threw a tournament. Look at what the tournament short shirt looks like. Enter his course with praise, Psalm 104. That's what they put on the shirt. And you see lost people walking around with that now. <laughs> and they're all over the place. And so it's really cool. But it's amazing how God impacts those that we work with. And I encourage you, because I know Tracy and Tyler's heart, I know your heart for doing everything you've done with the sound and the stage and all that. It opens up incredible opportunities as we get to meet people. And now that group has been one of the most encouraging groups in my life life. What a big victory in me because I told you that athletics is a big part of me. Back in October, I started playing tournaments again. Praise God. Nobody thought I'd ever be out on a court again, much less playing tournaments. And uh, I'm not playing singles divisions yet. I'm only playing doubles. And uh, yesterday, I came home with the bling. I actually got third place in mixed doubles yesterday at our state doubles tournament. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. And let me tell you, it, so many people, I, I had a lost man yesterday telling me as, he, as we were closing up, he goes, Jimmy, he goes, you are inspiring all of us. We talk about you all the time, what you went through. I went through the valley of death, and God was with me. And, and people around me are noticing what God is doing. And I remember our director walking up to me the first time that I showed up at a tournament. And he walked up with tears in his eyes and he said, you cannot not believe. You cannot not believe Jimmy Stewart because of you. Sharon and I are back in church. Praise God. It's impacting people's lives, and if we'll just use what happens in our life, God will use it for his glory, for his good. Keep going. I want to go through real quick like a few things. And uh, I started healing. They got me up walking. Go ahead and go through. Um, go through the next slide. 
This, again, I said, doctors and nurses, I praise God for all those people. Go to the next slide. I started healing, getting up. This is what they call the tank room where they come in, they take all the scabs and stuff off of me. At this point, I started, re I was lucid enough, I remember those days, and it was no fun. And uh, they'd spend hours in there doing that. But here's the, the greatest thing. In the midst of all this, there was uh, a man that was sitting on the couch, if you remember that picture there with my kids, and a young man that had asked for my daughter's hand in marriage. And that was one of the things I thought later on. Man, I thought that young man who was with us, who came up with my daughter on that family vacation, I thought maybe he was going to pull the trigger and ask for her hand in marriage, but then I messed it up. <laughs> but he didn't, he didn't linger too long. In September, uh, he asked my daughter's hand in marriage, but we had a problem. I was still in ICU. And they weren't sure if I'd be in a hospital bed, and they wanted to do it December 10th, which was really close. And, um, and so my wife told my daughter, said, well, uh, you can have the wedding down there in Mobile with all the families and everything, but we won't probably be able to attend, uh, attend because Daddy will not be able to do that. Well, we had a destination wedding. My daughter said, the only thing I want is for my daddy to be there. I didn't know if I'd be in a wheelchair, if I'd be what condition I'd be in at that point because I was still in ICU. But this is me walking my daughter down the aisle. This is four months later after the accident. And it's just an amazing testimony to God's healing power and the prayers that were covering me. Go to the next slide. And then this is one of the most joyous pictures I could tell you, me dancing with my daughter. It was a joyous moment. It was a moment of celebration that I was alive, that she was getting to be able to be united in love with her uh, boyfriend. Now go to the next slide. That's my family at the wedding. Go to the next slide. I just I love to talk about my family. This is what God's done. I, I'll just stay here for a while. This is what God's done. Now I'm going to kind of wrap this up. There's so much that I can talk about in the midst of what God has done, the people he's brought us in front of. But there may be some of you right now that are going through all sorts of difficulties. What God has helped me to understand is to be more sensitive to those around me who are having physical difficulties and having going through trials and troubles. It may not be a physical difficulty. You may be going through a trial. You may be going through marriage problems. You may be going through whatever. Here's the point I want you to know. God is there. And he's with you as you walk through whatever valley you go through in your life. And I know that presence and that power of prayer like I'd never experienced it before. I want you to call out to God. I want you to understand and, and let him be your greatest friend in the moment of crisis. But accidents happen, and sometimes they don't turn out like what mine turned out as I stand here before you. Sometimes they don't go that way. But I know this that God will work in your life and bring comfort and peace if it doesn't turn out that way, uh, turn out in a good way. But I do want to say this. Accidents happen. Um, if we love God in the good times, we ought to love him in the bad times too. Amen? I had someone ask me, did this shake your faith? I never even thought about that. Tracy, I was like, 
No, this, this didn't shake my faith. It brought me closer to God, seeing the miracles. Some people will say, why do bad things happen to good people? Well, you're Mr. Minister and all this kind of stuff. Accidents happen. Things are going to happen, folks. And as we get older and older, uh, our life, I've watched my parents, who are wonderful folks, go through all sorts of difficulties as they get older. It's going to happen. But God is there with us. I want to also encourage you in your life. One of the messages I like to convey to people, being in the best shape as you can be, let God use that body he's given you. I've got a chiropractor friend here who's a Christian we play racquetball with. He says, oh, God's given us 120 years. He says, I'm going to be playing racquetball until I'm 120, and then I'm just going to die. <laughs> uh, be in shape, guys. Here's another thing. When you go through crises, have goals. I had to set a goal for myself. I've got a goal of being able to play that guitar again. I'm not able to play guitar right now because my fingers don't work on this left hand. They really, all the tendons and everything are messed up. Um, I'm going tomorrow. In fact, I leave this afternoon, go get on a plane, so I'm not going to tarry too long. But, um, they're going to do surgery on this hand to try to improve the movement of the fingers and the tendons that are all messed up, and uh, it's from the elbow down. But they're going to do a surgery, my 20th surgery. I could go through a list of everything they've done. And, uh, and the bad thing about being a burn patient is that I, what I've found out is for the rest of my life, I'll have surgeries for like what they call range of motion, um, like being able to get the scar tissue to stretch out. And I'll have that, and I appreciate your prayers. I really do. But have goals to get back to in your life if you have, you know, a difficulty like this. Have goals to work towards in the midst of the crisis that you're in. Um, we have a lot. We can lose it. There's a new normal in my life. I want you to know that I've cried. I, you know, I stand up here and I talk, you know, it seems like everything's fine and dandy. But I've lost things. I've lost the ability to play guitar. Tracy, you know how precious that is to be able to sit around. And just the, the sound and the feel of a beautiful guitar in your hand. And to be able to sing to God with that. Well, I'm picking up lap steel guitar now because I can run a slide up and down the board. So you adapt, right? Amen? <laughs> so you've got to adapt. You can lose things, but you get a new normal. Um, being with the family of God is so important. This body loves you, but there's a greater body out there. And we're all a part of a greater body of believers. And like I said, it got out there and people were praying for me. East Coast, West Coast, all around the world people were praying for me. We, got, we, got, we heard about uh, people in Germany. We heard about people in China that were praying for me. It just blows my mind. Let me also say this. You guys, we're celebrating going on 33 years of marriage now. And uh, love the one you're with because you never know. They may be taking care of you. <laughs> I, I became an infant when my, my arms locked up in bone, what they call heterotrophic ostification. It grew into my body. What settled in my arms because my arms were locked out. I couldn't move them, keep them moving. And this is how they locked out. I couldn't touch my face. I couldn't, couldn't move them, and they had to do two surgeries to, to unlock and take out bone. They got a golf ball size of bone out of this elbow. My wife took care of me and has loved on me and has been a precious mate. 
I, I don't deserve it. I think, my goodness, why in the world would this woman do so much for me, taking care of me like an infant? Amen! And I praise God. I just tell you this, love the one you're with. You never know. Amen? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Thank you for that. Also, lastly, in all things, give glory to God. Because he's right there with you, and he will use it for his glory to advance his kingdom, to tell other people about his goodness, and God is good. We sang about that this morning. He is good. He is good. I could go on for hours sharing about the story, so I got to go catch a plane, and I know you got other things to do. I consider it an extreme privilege to just share with you a few things. I get to share all over the place now. Let me just close up with this. A couple more slides. I get to share, and there's my buddy Doug. We saw each other, and uh, I'm standing tall. I'm able to stand. Keep going. Got back to playing racquetball, like I said. Go ahead. I want to just, that cabin had a, the family of God came up and said, hey, we want to help put your cabin back together, and it looks better than it's ever looked before, praise God. <laughs> and then, go ahead, I still continue with therapy. I have Tanya, the torturer. I have, <laughs> I have Dale, the destroyer, but I have Rob, the rejuvenator, that work on me all the time, and they're helping me with this range of motion and keeping it out so I can actually get my arms up and... And, uh, but there's my wife. Let me go. Uh, new normal in our life. Go to the next slide. You'll see her and I. We, uh, we have a greater love and appreciation for one another. I had a lady, a, a nice Korean lady who, uh, she's, the past, she's the pastor's wife of a church. They've planted 13 churches across the world, and they were praying for me. And we spent about two hours with her when I got back to uh, uh, Alaska. And she looked at me, and she goes, oh, Jimmy. Before the accident, you were so handsome. I'm sorry to imitate her voice, but she was saying it this way. She goes, you were so strong. She goes, but now you're more beautiful. Come on. I'll take that. Amen. <laughs> I'll take it, Bray. I'll take it. Last slide, I think. Thank you for praying for me. Every one of your prayers have been so vitally important in my life. Prayer counts. God's there. And I hope that you and this message and this sharing this morning have been encouraged. Whatever you go through, God is there walking with you. God bless you. Tracy. Thank you, brother. The... Uh I, th I think, I'm thinking about that phone. I think the morning that I got that word, because I'm, re I'm remembering small details now, I sat there in the office, and uh, I think that morning I picked up my phone, and I knew that Jimmy wouldn't see my text message, but I sent it anyway. And over the course of the time that he was in the hospital, I sent a few more, and I don't know if those were, exist anywhere. And I think maybe some of us, that's how it is with uh, God in our lives. I sent those messages because I love him, and I wanted him to know.
And if he had a chance to see them someday, I wanted him to know that in those darkest moments, I was reaching out to him and reminding him that I love him. And I think for some of us in our lives, that's, that's the relationship that we're having with God right now is that we're out in the darkness. We're in la-la land. We're wounded. And God is messaging you, even in the midst of that. And if you can get to a place where you can see the messages, you'll know that he loves you. We've talked about this a lot lately, and I'm so glad that Jimmy hit this exact point this morning about how things obviously will not always be good. Things will not always be happy. Things will not always be easy. And even sometimes things won't turn out the way that we wish they would. But he promises that he will be with us is what God says. He will never leave us nor forsake us. And sometimes uh, when we're being resistant to the presence of God in our lives, it's because we want him to make everything perfect. We're angry with him about things that aren't perfect or don't go the way that we want them to go. Uh, we doubt him because we look at the lives of, of people who say that they follow God and things aren't perfect. But we're looking at the wrong measure. We're looking at the wrong evidence. God doesn't promise us perfection in this world. He doesn't promise us an easy life. He doesn't promise us that everything will go our way. He promises us that if we will follow him, he will be with us always. And he tells us that if we won't follow him, we won't be with him always. And so this morning, I just want to give this opportunity as we close. Maybe this morning, you're someone who recognizes that, that God is sending messages. He's texting you. You're just not in a place where you've bothered to look at the phone or that you can't look at the phone. And maybe this morning, you're finally hearing that message that he does love you. Jesus said of himself, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. And so if you want to be a person who, even when horrible, tragic, deadly things happen in your life, if you want to be a person who is able to reap the benefit of a God who says, I know that's terrible, but I'll be with you, and I will cause good things to come out of this, even as bad as it looks right now. If you want to be one of those people who have that promise and that hope, the only way to that is through Jesus Christ. You must become a follower of Jesus Christ. The way that you become a follower of Jesus Christ is that you first get humble before God. That thing that I mentioned right at the beginning of this service today, that the dangerous message of the gospel is that we want to be in control of our own lives, but God says to us, let me be in control of your life. So to follow Christ, we have to become humble before God and say, I will let you lead my life. To be a follower of Christ, we have to recognize that the reason that we always want to control our own lives is because we're sinful people and we want to be disobedient and rebellious against what God wants. And because of that sin, 
we're separated from life with God. And so the other way that we have to humble ourselves is we have to admit to God that, yep, I'm, I'm a sinner. I've messed it up. I disobey you. I do things that I know you wouldn't want. We confess that before the Lord, and then we ask him to forgive us. And so we become humble by allowing God to be the leadership in our lives. We become humble by confessing our sin and asking him to forgive us. And then the last way that we become a follower of Christ is we humble ourselves and then live a life as if all of that was true. We don't live for ourselves any longer, but we live as children of God for his kingdom and for his purpose on the earth. And for that, he promises us he will be with us in all things. He will take even the worst things and cause something good to come from them. And both in this life and for all of eternity, he will not forsake us. Now maybe this morning you realize that that's what you've been looking for. Just in a couple of minutes, we're going to be finished. But I'm going to ask, we don't do this every Sunday, but I'm going to ask it this morning. Would you stand with me, please, everyone? Heads bowed, eyes closed. No one's going to come and point you out or tap you on the shoulder or poke you in the eye or any of that business. But if you'll just pray, pray for the person next to you, maybe because, maybe because God's speaking to them. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you. But this morning, if you realize that you are that person who has been either ignoring the messages from God or in a place where you just simply couldn't see them. But this morning, he's speaking to you and he's asking you. He's calling you to be humble and submit to him as your leader, as your God. And be humble and confess your sins and ask for forgiveness. And he's asking you to be humble and live your life as one who is a child of God. If that's you this morning and you've never done that before, I just want you to raise your hand so I can see you. Is there anyone? Then as well this morning, there may be among us those who have been followers of Christ but who have found themselves off in the distance, perhaps. I see you. Is there anyone else? I see you in the front. I'll wait just a moment longer. Is there anyone else? I see you. For those of you who've indicated that you've, you've been wandering, it's hard to enjoy the, the benefit of the presence of God when we persistently try to move ourselves in the opposite direction. So I ask you this morning in your own hearts to just pray, determine, pray to the Lord and, and ask him to receive you back. And he will, he's good. 
determine in your own heart to take your own steps as well to live the life that he's called you to and, and to stop being disobedient. Commit to that. Grace, God's grace, which we don't deserve and is a free gift, is not opposed to your effort of living the life that he's called you to. They go together. So commit to that. And then receive his forgiveness to you. And now I'll close us with this prayer. Uh, if you'd like to talk about any of that this morning, please come and see me. I'd be happy to, to discuss with you life with Christ. Maybe you're, you're thinking about it. Maybe you were that first person, but you're just not sure. Let's talk. Maybe you're recommitting your life to, to, the, to being that child of God that you've been before, and, and you want to return to that. We can talk about that. Just come and seek me out. I'll be here wandering around chatting with people. But let me close with this. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause the light of his face to shine upon you. May he turn his countenance towards you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen.